Hello and welcome to The Pop-In. This is the adjacent podcast to Flop Stars, where we dive into the biggest new music and music news stories of the week. This week's full Flop Stars episode is about Carly Rae Jepsen's brand new album, The Loneliest Hour. It's on your feed right now and it's worth a deep dive, but there's some other stuff worth a bit of a dive with Sam Murphy as well. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. How, good afternoon. How are you? Look, I love how po- you preface it. It always sounds like this is the less important podcast, which it is. Um, but it's a <laughs> it side feels hustle. like it's a little behind the scenes look, you know. A little yeah, extra. exactly. We should be charging them for this. This should be our Patreon special, but it's not. It's free stuff for you where before the end of the episode, we're going to talk about the brand new Rihanna music, which is en route ridiculously soon. Probably by the time this podcast goes out, knowing our usual history, um, the Rihanna <laughs> the Rihanna song will be out in the world. So we'll talk about that. We'll unpack what we know about it. And Scissor as well. Huge! Both are coming on Friday. Big news. We'll talk about more of that before the end of the show. We'll do bop or flop for brand new music from Taylor Swift, Ellie Goulding, uh, Kalella, Fred again, Megan Trainer, Baby No Money. Stacked today. Stacked. Oh, Megan Trainer, yay. Some thoughts are to be had before the end of the show. But first... Let's go. Let's talk about Midnight's. Holy shit, Friday was quite a day, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Hasn't this week just been like Midnight's nonstop? Midnight's mania, baby. It's been Midnight's Mania, and I love it, you know? I feel like the pandemic's stripped that kind of blockbuster album release from us, and it's back this year. Like, I love everybody talking about it and everybody out and about, you know, I'm hearing it in cars, and, like, it's it's really taken over, and, and it's great to hear. It's so fantastic, and what an album it actually is as well. Just when you thought Taylor... I don't think we ever thought Taylor didn't have any more tricks left in the bag. But just when mm. you thought she maybe didn't have another sort of era to go and, you know, we'd been distracted yeah. by these Taylor's version re-releases coming out, all of a sudden she comes through with her, without doubt, easily most honest and authentic and vulnerable yet kind of groundbreaking sonically album of her yeah. whole discography, 10 albums in. I'm just, I'm, I was absolutely thrown by how phenomenally interesting everything is in this and how intricate the production is, how decipherable all the lyrics are or indecipherable at times. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm way more impressed than I was expecting to be with this album. Also, isn't it crazy how unconcerned she is with um, like making a big single or making something that sounds like everything else on the radio right now? You yeah. know, like there's no, look what you made me do. There's no me. There's no shake it off. You know, like the gimmicks are completely gone. The closest you'll get to it is like karma, which I still think has a new element of self-awareness and humour to it that she never had before. It's just so occupied in what she wants to do. Like really impressive and almost underwhelming in a good way. You know, like it's not flashy. (laughs) It's understated as hell. And I think it speaks to, you know, the intention of the record, which is to get into those vulnerable post-midnight moments. And um, I'm I'm, I'm pretty blown away by it, to be honest. Have you got, can we do a favourite song? Least favourite song, quickly? Yeah, I think my favourite's are Lavender Haze yes. and Karma. And my least favourite is Vigilante shit. Okay. Um, agreed yeah. with you on both of your favourites. Absolutely my yeah. two favourites as well. Lavender Haze is probably number one. Um, Maroon, is, Maroon is just can, can stay. Oh, I knew you'd hate Maroon. <laughs> it's the most, like... <laughs> <laughs> Downbeat, moody, I broody, love Maroon. Maroon's my moment. third, I think. 
Hey, I listened to Lana Del Rey for one week. Um, Snow on the beach, great, but where's Lana? (laughs) I can't find her. I cannot. She's in the background. Somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I I sought her out with binoculars for hours on end. I feel like she's just in the back of the studio being like, fuck, (laughs) no. Where's Lana? Cocaine. (laughs) Fuck. So thanks to Lana for her contribution on the record, and it was definitely worth breaking into yeah. her. Um, breaking into it'll her get her laptop. a Grammy. So there you go. True, there is that element yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I, I think there's so much to be unpacked. I think just one more thing I want to mention on this: the the fucking Taylor Swift of it all to come back at three a.m. and put seven more songs out. I mean, I know, what? I know, what? crazy, crazy. Who, who would ever like? When it happened, it's like, of course, Taylor Swift would do that. But before that, as if we were sitting there expecting seven more songs to come out three hours later. It's mental. And also, I love how she's like, because she's a big respecter of like the pop um, kind of rules almost. So she's like, I'm not putting out a 20 song album. That's crazy. But I do want to complete with rap streaming numbers. So I'm going to put the 13 out and then I'm going to add seven at 3am. So people know that's the core album, but they also know these seven are not just bonus tracks and you should stream the hell out of them too. Exactly. The funniest thing I think she's done this week. She's breaking records left, right and centre. 1.6 mil, I think is the projected sales in the US this week, which is wild like not done since 1989 um and it looks like every song is going to occupy the top 10 here oh except for it one was being blocked by um unholy which was projected to be number 10 so she just randomly puts bejeweled up on her website as a digital (laughs) single that you can buy Why would you, why would anybody need to own just one of the songs as a digital single? Because Bejeweled was projected to be number 11 and now it's projected to be 10. This is Crazy. the thing. You're so right. She is a respecter of the pop rules, but she also knows absolutely how to bend them when it benefits her. And she is one of pop's great business women, if not the great business woman of pop. And we talked about this yeah. a, mere, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the cultishness of it all, of the, the sort of almost K-pop level of bundles that you can always buy with these records to yeah. ensure that she breaks all these records or at least, you know, nudges another one over each time. Um, and this just t- makes total sense. It's a good segue probably into hashtag unholy watch. We finally can say that unholy has, has occupied the number one spot on the billboard number hot 100. One. Unbelievable scenes. A trans woman, a non-binary artist at number one, <sighs> Sam Smith and Kim Petras, no less, which is a wild duo on top of the charts. A Brit and a Swede. It was not on my 2022 <laughs> bucket list. Bingo card. Why don't I say bucket list? Your bucket list. <laughs> Nothing. Bucket like- list. Be alive to see a number one record by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. <laughs> Tick it off. Tick it off. It's an astonishing feat. And I just think, you know, it's kind of just a reminder that anyone can fucking do it. Anyone can do it. This is anyone's game now. Well, you you make it sound like I could do it. Like, just drop a song tomorrow. Why not? Why not? With the right virality, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I'm... All right, we'll talk after this about how you see us going forward with my number one single. Yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) Hey, um, is there anything else we need to talk about before we jump into Bob or Flop? I think we just do it, don't we? 
No, really. Midnight's has, has been this week, and then Rihanna will talk talk about it at the end. So Midnight's Mania. Let's go into it. All right. With more Midnight's Mania. Yeah, more Midnight's Mania. <laughs> Closing down sale. Everything must go. You're listening to Midnight's Mania Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Flop stars. <laughs> Let's do bop or flop on the lead single, the track that's kind of got the most attention out of all of them. The anti-hero from Taylor Swift. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby, and I'm a monster on the hills. It's me. Hi. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Um, so good. Such not a single, but at the same time, that hook. That's like perfect for TikTok, but oh. also not intentional for TikTok is just like perfect. Yeah. Also, my best read on it is that she's actually being, she's actually calling me her lead single from the lover era, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is the referenced issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, it co- and it was the problem. <laughs> it absolutely, it's the little problem child. She kind of did speak about, you know, how, how this is, you know, an anthem for the kind of self-loathing and the, like, deepest, darkest version of herself that comes out at 12.30 in the morning and all the mistakes she's made in the past all coming to haunt her at 12.30. So me is absolutely yeah. in the in the echelons of that. Brendan Urie's just sort of hovering around her thoughts and occupations at 1 o'clock in the morning. So it makes total sense. Hi, it's Brendan Urie. I'm the problem. <laughs> Brendan Urie. <laughs> Um, just out of control this song as are so many of the records on the on the record I think we've spoken enough about it but bang bop go any hero what's your thoughts on the sexy baby line I love it it's infantilizing in a ridiculous it's it's infantilizing and ridiculous and it's just I think the whole thing for me like the whole the whole song but also the whole album they're they're kind of if they weren't with the context of having been written in the middle of the night in these sort of moments of self-sabotage and 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 loathing, yeah. they would come across ridiculous and and stupid. But I think given the context of the songwriting process, they make so much more sense. They're extremely self-referential and sort of... Yeah. Um, yeah, there's something about the context of them being written. I think if this came out around reputation it'd be a little bit more like, oh, whatever. Calm down, yeah. everyone. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that line's really funny. And there's, a, and there's a lot of lines on the record that I think are genuinely very funny and I think are really, you know, great moments. Yeah, there are a lot of lines that are funny, I think. Yeah, one of the great comedians of our time. Put her on a stage with Dave yeah. Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Ellie Golding. She has brand new music, Let It Die. Why are you laughing? I don't know. I thought I thought it was I thought it was Let Her Die and then I had a look and I realized it was Let It Die and then it reminded let me of Let It Be by John Lennon and then I was like Yes, written about Ellie Goulding's sick grandmother who wanted to be euthanized. <laughs> oh my god. Holy shit. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. What do you reckon? You had some thoughts on this very early, like the second it came out. I love this song. Love it. I'm such an Ellie Goulding fan from way back. Like, I've loved all her albums except for the last one, really. And then I felt like she'd lost my attention. I was gone. The last single I didn't like. But this one's pulled me right back. Such a good chorus. 
like such a good chorus and right back in that weirdo electro pop zone that she does so well i'm not quite feeling the same about it i just think it's kind of a little bit from the look on your face it's a little bit derivative it's a little bit sort of you know already done it sort of feels like a weak version i don't know a bit of tovlo a bit of the weekend kind of feel to it um (sighs) it doesn't really feel like it's kind of doing anything new that said i think her vocally and her, you know, the way she performs it, I think is really good. I think the production lets it down a little bit. It feels a bit lackluster She's to me. She's such a good singer. She's an so amazing good. singer. Amazing singer and Guttural. such a unique vocalist. And I, I think, you know, that needs to be surrounded by more interesting and, and impressive production. And I, I think I'm always kind of yearning for the halcyon days of her very early stuff. Um, this is it, though. I don't know if it is, though. I don't know. It doesn't. I wish I was editing this this week. I'd cut this out. <laughs> I'd just stop at Su- me saying Bob. I don't reckon. I don't reckon it is like the early stuff. I think it. it and if it is, it it feels like a derivative version of that. At least that stuff was kind of you know new and groundbreaking at the yeah. time. As I whirl my pen around to make a point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not hitting. It's just not hitting the same as that older stuff did. So I'm not going to go with Bop okay. this week for this one. But we can. Oh. We can agree to All disagree. Right, move on. <laughs> if you fuck on this next one, I'm going to be cross, <laughs> really cross. Caroline <laughs> Polachek, Sunset. I know how big a fan you are, so I'll be careful with my words. You go first, though. Give me no, your thoughts oh on Oh, my sunset. God. Piss off. You're going <laughs> to lead me into this. I love it. I've been hearing her. She played this when she was um, performing for... She was opening for Dua Lipa earlier in the year. Yeah. And she's been playing this a lot. And I just think it's so fun. Like, I don't get why she, ended, she waited until summer ended here to drop it. But it's just yeah. really kitsch, like... To me, I'm getting, like, vibes of the cause, which I think is really, like, interesting vibe to go into. And I love the way that she, like, weaves her way through the the verses and then delivers that really elongated kind of operatic chorus. Uh, Big bop for me. Yeah, that vocal is just out of control. And I agree with you. This was absolutely a summer anthem. And it's giving cause meets Rosalia, IMO. Yeah. Um it's it's kind of got this like almost flamenco kind of feel to it. Um I think it's an absolute masterpiece. It's such a you know it's it's such a pop song without being like a straightforward pop song. And I agree with you when it gets into that almost entrancing kind of operatic bit when that falsetto hits. I mean, we know what. Yeah. We've always known that her her vocal can go that way. I don't think we see it. You know, it's so funny thinking about the the her most popular kind of song and her most TikTok song is probably the least impressive vocal performance she's ever delivered. I'm talking about yeah. um, So Hot You're Hurting My Feelings. And, you know, I think about that versus this and it's like, I just hope people know just how impressive a vocalist she is. And if you, you know, if you know, you know, if you're a fan. Um, yeah, I think it's yeah. one of my favourite songs of the week, if not the year. Um, it's it's brilliant. Wow. Oh. Okay. Boom. Look, I and that's why I made, I made you go first because I wanted you to. I yeah, wanted you I to know. really draw no, that you one got out me of nervous. me. <laughs> I wasn't sure I had it in me to have another disagreement. You never so. know where I'm gonna go, and that's the great thing. No, about this that's podcast. the good thing about you. You're unpredictable. I you always don't even try know to if be. You're gonna turn up half the time. It's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could be throwing my guts up instead. Um, Kalela has new music. This is called Happy Ending. This is working towards an album. Yeah. Yes, I believe so. 
from what I hear on the streets, and by the streets I mean my silly little forums that I (laughs) scroll across, um, this is going to be, the first track was the intro to the album, and then this is going to be the second track, I think. But this is like way more single ready than the last one was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I. I'm so happy to have her back, and happy to have her back in this like club atmosphere. This is like skittering and messy and chaotic, and then she just does this like beautiful vocal through the whole thing and hits it with this like amazing R and B melody in the chorus. Like she's a genius, and this is so good. The drum pattern sounds like it was tinkered with for like 16 days straight, just yeah. working out exactly how every yeah, single beat in the song is going to hit. Laboured over. It just feels yeah. so thought out and beautiful, and I think, you know, she's really found something that just feels so right to, to her yeah. sound, and I think she's really, you know, arriving into a really exciting era. So, I, I, yeah, it's an absolute bop. I don't have much more to say than what you said. It's It's awesome. Great. Um, great. We're back in line. Yay! We had a real issue there with um with Goulding. I know we edited it out, but we had half an hour off. We <laughs> cool down in our own corners. <laughs> we did. Um, this might tear us apart. Lionheart is the new single for Joel Corey and Tom Grennan. So Joel Corey, of course, the UK DJ producer behind Head and Heart with MNEK, which was an absolute yeah. smasher, and he's had a bunch of hits since then. Um, and Tom Grennan is continuing to um, smash through UK and Australian radio. I don't know about the US yet. Has Tom had any sort of hits where you are? Um, the only time I ever hear the radio here is in a cab, and it's usually not... Um... It's Tom usually Grennan. some strange AM station. So, no, <laughs> unless Tom Grennan's frequenting Spanish AM radio here, I do not hear it <laughs> often. <laughs> so, um, no, I don't know a lot about Tom other than was he on a Calvin Harris single? He was. He was on By Your Side by Calvin. Um, and he yeah. had what I believe was a very I don't think it was a top 10, but it would have at least been a number one radio song with a little bit of love in Australia. And since oh, then yeah, he's I had uh, Remind Me, which was quite a big sort of, you know, uh, almost like alt-rock kind of mainstream pop song. Um, and yeah. since then he's had this amazing one called All These Nights, which is almost, um, you know, weekend-esque. It's very sort of futuristic and fast-paced and... Um, yeah. He, he's building a really impressive discography. What got me across the line on him realising he was going to be quite something was he performed on the Australian breakfast television show Sunrise um, and he, yeah. he played in Federation Square in Melbourne and it was like 7.30 in the morning. And I don't think I've seen a television performance with that much energy ever. It was absolutely exceptional and he's vocally brilliant and he he just knows how to rouse a crowd and everyone I know who went to the shows that he did in Australia as well which were mostly sold out um, was just really impressed so I think he's got that thing I think he's probably going to be one of the next ones to potentially cross over into the US he's also really you know entertaining guy he's really he's one of those kind of like he's almost like Lewis Capaldi but um, inject him with like heaps of cocaine Um, that's the sort of energy (laughs) it's like wild you know, <laughs> wild northern English guy. This song... And a little more pleasant on the eyes. Little bit. <laughs> than Mr. Capaldi. He's very pretty. Um, this song is 
almost funny to me because it's almost like this Euro trash kind of banger, um, which I haven't heard Joel go into before. Joel's kind of kept it sort of straighty 180, you know, vocal yeah. house kind of stuff. And this just goes into this weird, almost like 2000s Euro trash belter that's like made for Ibiza. Um, and I want to I want to not like it, but I really do. And I, wa- I, I think Joel Corey is very endearing and I think he can get away with doing something like this. So I'm going to give it a bop. But it's with re- with reservations. I can't believe you're giving this a bop and you're not giving Ellie. Golding Stop going a bop. back to Ellie Golding. Move on. I, this is not good. It's no good. And I like Joel. He's he's there. He does what he needs to do. Actually, he has so many of like my on rotation songs, like out out bad head and heart. Yeah. This just nut nah, doesn't do it for me on any level. <laughs> You fucking. Yeah, you ain't give Ellie. Go- you'll be saying episode ten of this season. You'll be going back to Ellie Golding again and going. You gave the other bop, but not Ellie Golding. Yeah, I will. I was just thinking we should be doing her on one of the episodes. I'm surprised oh, I'm happy we haven't to. already. I'm ha- have we never done an Ellie Golding episode? We've never done one. Oh my god. All right, add that to the giant list of episodes we've still got to do. You yes, think after six seasons we're running out of albums, she's... but absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> hey, um, next song's from an Australian artist who um, I, I've heard of a lot but never spent the time listening to until this song, and I'm fucking blown away by it, um, not to she's give away my thoughts. For eons. For like, like a, I remember this over back a decade. in like the blog days. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like, like I've definitely, I've definitely heard her music before. I just haven't really spent much time with it. This feels like a real, sounds so reductive to set as 10 years into an artist's career, but this feels like a real coming forward into a new kind of chapter. Uh, for Cella, this is a song called Cool To Be Queer. kind of a commentary on how it's become almost on vogue for the straights to hang out with the gays, which is the only reason you do this podcast with me. Um, what do you reckon about this track? I knew this was on here so you could Bang! drag me. And yeah. you know what my only issue is with the, this song? Because I love the rest of it. Yeah. It's I just think the lyrics are a little too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to say it because I know that I, that's not my place to say. But there you go, I said it. <laughs> Oh, it's literally only on here to attack me. I feel like I've been completely demoralised in this this round of bop or flop. You deserve it. <laughs> Put the attention back on the song, seeing as though you're such a waving the flag oh, for I just think... queer rights today. <laughs> Normally, I'm very anti-gay on this podcast. It's been well, it's been well documented. Um, well, given you just gave the last song a bop, <laughs> that's obviously clear. <laughs> a distinct act of homophobia. Miss Goulding, queer icon, gets trashed, but Lopped. Joel and Tom, Joel and Tommy, my boys. Fuck yeah! This song is a bop and a half. I think it's so much fun. Um, DNA haven't had a smash in like three years, as far as is I can work DNA? out. Is this DNA? This is a DNA song. <laughs> can you like? Shit. And you know, Chella's like hung out in that very like alt world, like the alt kind of club world and alt pop yeah. world for so long. And to just go like as pop as it gets, do a song with Australia's most decorated pop songwriters, DNA, David and Anthony. And I love that. It's just silly and it's such a fun song. And you're right, the lyrics are very obvious. 
guess, but I reckon I haven't heard this conversation had in quite this way, in quite this loud way in quite a while. And it's definitely, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I love my straight friends. Um, <laughs> but it's just a funny, silly little commentary on how it's become yeah. like on vogue for like particularly city people to like only hang out with like queer or queer adjacent or like queer passing people. Um, yeah. and it's definitely something I see in like circles that I'm around. It's like, everyone wants to like be seen to be like a little bit queer, even though they wouldn't yeah. dare. Um, and you know, it's, it's a commentary on like other friends in Sydney, not on, not on, um, my New York based, um, straight friend, but, um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, nah, it's just funny. It's like a comment on actual allyship versus like. Um, performative allyship, I think, at the end of the day. All right, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so before you feel too attacked, let me go straight back into the straight bro club again. Let's go into Fred again Great. and the new song Delilah. Fred again. Oh, it doesn't get much more straight, does it? I feel comfortable. <laughs> this is a... this oh, Honestly, Fred, holy shit. Again and again and again. Killing it, killing it. And you know what's even better than this song is your TikTok about this song because it made me so much more excited than I was about the song the first time I heard it. If you haven't seen it, go and see Nick Thank Kelly's you. TikTok. It's the whole he's, fucking point of the it. Next, he's the next Zane Lowe, even though he's a dick to me. And... <laughs> Like, straight. <laughs> but you're right because it's one of those songs that like gives you that kind of energy and enthusiasm to talk about it in that kind of way um so yeah it's a bop for me another bop the album's gonna be great on friday midway through uh recording another 60 minute demo for a new music radio show that will go nowhere um that tiktok was captured um and <laughs> And I just well, got it'll go somewhere. I got in my feels about it, you see. Um, you know, the way that Fred makes dance music with feeling, the way that he makes music that makes you feel something and makes you reflective and cathartic, but also makes you lose your brain, that just has not been done by someone quite this well, I think, ever. Um, he is an absolute yeah. trailblazer for the modern dance sound and for the modern dance feeling. And I think... You know, a bit of house music with humanity is probably where we're going. Hashtag house with humanity um, is the future. I think, yeah, actual life and is going to be a masterpiece. Just to bring him, bring it back to our um, Miss Goulding again. Please. I was looking through the credits for her album Delirium, <gasps> which is the one that had um, on my mind and stuff on it. And yeah. Fred's on it. Oh my because God. obviously he's done lots of Ed Sheeran and stuff, but I haven't really d- dug into it. And the song on it is just classic. Fred, like it's we can't move to this. Yeah, and it's a cla- it's such a classic, and he's a great producer, and I hope that he brings more of this dance vibe to pop music as well. Like I know he kind of did it on Ed some um, Bad Habits last year, but I just the just the the atmosphere he's creating is pretty magnetic right now. Yeah, he's quite a he's quite a special one, and he's been quite a sort of um he's kind of let the music do the talking a lot of the time. The music and the social presence. I think his social presence elicits almost a you know soft boy kind of feel as well. Um, yeah. But I think I think uh, he's doing his first on camera interview with Zane Lowe, which I think will be live by the time we do this podcast episode goes out. And I think we're going to get to know a lot more about Fred and just the way that he kind of brings it all together and what he elicits out of the people that he works with. Um, 
yeah, really quite a one of a kind modern, you know, music icon, I think, in the making. Yeah. Um, good. Well, from from uh, modern music icon to another, Megan Trainer's new song, Made You Look. There's an album, isn't there? Have you, li- have you listened to the whole album? Yeah, I've listened to the whole album. <laughs> That's commitment to TikTok. That's commitment to <laughs> Samsung about this. I nearly lost it at a song um, <laughs> called Mama Wanna Mambo. <laughs> oh, fuck. She's taking the piss, right? <laughs> Like it's the only explanation. I don't know. I don't do not know. But the thing is, she's actually getting quite a bit of traction on TikTok. Yeah. Because she is actually genuinely quite charismatic and engaging on there. Totally. And the last album had some bops on it. Like Waves, I think, is a great song. But I don't know why she would go back to this, like, to use a word you used about Miss Goulding, derivative <laughs> sound. Of this, like, 50s doo-wop. And I'm not kidding when I say this sound is on at least eight of the songs on the album. <laughs> with an actual, like, backup being like, shoo up, shoo up. Like, come on, <laughs> honestly. I love Who the commitment to the to that kind of... Mi- no, it's so it. bad. It's, so bad. It's funny, and I think... You know, I agree with you. I think there's almost, I would dare say it's a commitment to the bit. And I think it's a self-awareness thing. I think what I've seen through her TikToks, particularly when she's collaborating with Chris Olsen, um, her yeah. dear friend, and, you know, and, and Daryl Sabara from Spy Kids um, and her child, which is in every every TikTok as well. She seems like she gets, she gets it. I think she gets the piss taking personally. May not be true. But I think she, I think she's self-aware about this. I don't think she does thing. when it comes to her. Do you reckon? Music. No, I think she's self-deprecating, but I don't think it extends to the sound. True, and she did say a lot around the release of the, you know, the the initial doo-woppy stuff that, you know, her whole intention was to bring that back, and that she grew up around this stuff. So I don't know whatever she's doing, but made you look. Um, it's a it ain't for me. <laughs> no. Also, the lyric, I I generally don't um, tune in much to Anthony Fantano, but I saw it come <laughs> up on TikTok that he was saying the line, like, um, even with nothing on, but I made you look. And he was like, yeah, of course you did. If anybody was walking down the street naked, <laughs> they would look. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I, it's, you know what? It's so funny. It took until Anthony Fantano got on TikTok for me to like Anthony Fantano. Like, yeah, me too, actually. He's so much more endearing on TikTok for some reason, just like with this little like iPhone headphone thing, just reacting to people's rankings and shit. Because like, the but, ba- bizarre stuff works on TikTok, I think. You yeah. Know, like that kind of weird. I don't know. It's it's palatable in two minute blocks. That's what I think it is as well. I, I found him a little bit too, I don't know, highbrow at points on, you know, I've got so much respect for what he's done and he's, he's created a whole new lane of, you know, internet journalism. Um, this is like how our conversation about Amelia and chicken shop date last week. Um, like I think Anthony has created this incredible lane, but I've, I've found him a lot. Yeah. Just a bit too predictable and highbrow in the past. Um, but I, I like this new, I like this new version of him, this new iteration of him. And I think he's taking himself a little bit more seriously as well. It's it's cool. Um, speaking Speaking of taking yourself, Baby No Money and Young Gravy. Touch grass. Touch grass. Is There's that a how whole... you pronounce it? Did you not know that? How are you saying No, that? I always say BBNO dollar. 
Oh god. <laughs> the fuck, Sam? <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> Baby and no dollar? Why would it Can't be that? Can't wait for SZA's single this Friday. <laughs> Baby no money is how you say it. Baby no money. Okay. Anyway, I'll explain that now. A Got young, young, young gravy, um, touch grass. They're also going on a massive fuck off tour together, where they've got Soldier Boy supporting on the LA date. So it's just one. Big oh fat. my god! Just one. I would big have to be me. on heroin to go to that. <laughs> Um, so there's this song called Touch Grass from them. Baby No Money's album is here. Bag or die. Bag or die. Your thoughts on this I'll song? I'll die, we, thanks. We... <laughs> it's, this isn't bop or flop anymore. It's bag or die. Um, you know, we're, we're, we've liked die. Baby No Money stuff in the past, haven't we? It's not like we're Have like we? Baby No Money. Not me. <laughs> I like him. Edamami's no. a genius song. Doesn't do it for me. So, uh, you know what? No, I'm looking through it. Didn't he have a song with Carly Rae Jepsen? Yeah, he's one of yeah, he's okay. like a he's like a piss taker, and and from all reports, seems like a nice dude. But I just can't the, the this thing with like white rappers and milfs, um, no. is really weird, and I don't like it. Wait, Young this Gra- is Young Gravy, yeah, yeah, this is Young Gravy. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, yeah. In this oh no, I can't context. stand Young Gravy. Yeah. BB, no money. I'm BB. <laughs> oh. Lukewarm on him, but dislike Young Gravy and the whole um, the whole MILF thing. Yeah, it just doesn't sit right. Um, yeah, the whole thing doesn't sit right. Look, I'm not here to be negative anymore. Um, so let's move on to our final track of the week, another Australian track. Um, this is new music for Ulla. Um, who is, for a bit of context, she was a busker turned TikTok busker turned pop star, basically. And she's still doing the busking thing on the streets of Sydney here and there, but that's kind of what got oh, her. Oh, I wish she hadn't told me that. Oh, no, I should. I, for <laughs> some reason, everyone I'm talking to at the moment doesn't know that she used to be a busker. It's like her whole, she's got like 1.5 million TikTok followers because of this, um, that she'd like just be busking and film herself and go live all the time. Um, and there'd be like all these weird like voyeuristic moments where like, creepy weirdos would come out and like you know annoy her um anyway <laughs> that's beside the point we have a song from all that called good gold song star <laughs> great so yeah good little tune um yeah what do you reckon yeah i really liked it i hadn't heard of her before before you popped this on the list she's got a really really nice voice love the production like the electronic rocky kind of vibe it's yeah. a vibe for me it's got it's giving Tate McRae, and I'm here for it. But it's also like a it really is giving Tate. It's a fucking brilliantly written song and brilliantly performed. I'm supporting her tonight. Not that this is going to be of any help to anyone listening to this podcast, probably. Are but, you? Um, I am. I am. We're I'm out sp- at Martin Place Station. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm opening with my little keyboard act. I'll have my CDs. <laughs> I'll have my CDs in a keyboard case. So you buy. Just chuck me two bucks. You can take a CD. Your little fedora. <laughs> little little yeah. glitzy fedora. You know who I am. I'll be at that little thing. If you're in Sydney, I'll be at um, Railway Square. Um, <laughs> the crossing. <laughs> is that for real? George. No, <laughs> it's at Pleasure's Playhouse, which is an abandoned cinema turned concert Pleasure's venue. Playhouse. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. That sounds spicy. 18 plus, baby. Um, no, nah, it's... Uh, yeah. Absolute tune. I think, um, you know, there's been a couple of tunes from Ulla so far. Futon was the one that kind of got her going and um, she had some real early success on Triple J as they were turning into, you know, 
pop lovers. Um, kind of hit the hit the stride on that in that moment. Um, but no, she's I, I'm really you know really intrigued by her and excited for what's next. Go Ula. Go Ula. That's pop or flop. Next is the dates. Um, Rihanna, new music for Black Panther. New music, finally. Fuck. You know more Can about you this Can you believe me. it? Feels like a dream. It's ridiculous. Yeah, apparently, I mean, um, well, obviously it's for Wakanda forever. Um, apparently it's a bit of a tribute song. It's very emotional, quite sad. Um, a Guardian writer's heard it and she said that she cried to it, which wow. gives me hope because I don't, I'm caught because I'm like happy around his back, but also I was kind of hoping we'd just kick it off with a new era, you know? Yeah. And I, I can't think of many songs from movies that I love, but when I did sit down and think so, about that, yeah. I thought of all the stars first, which is also <sighs> from Black Panther. So good maybe that's a good sign. Did you think but about Shallow that, as well? I honestly can't. Yeah, Shallow's great. Yeah. I can't think of any others, though. Skyfall? No. I don't <laughs> really like joke. any of the Bond <laughs> themes. Neither do I. <laughs> okay. The Billy one's all right, though. <laughs> no, I don't even like that one. Really? Okay. If I had to pick a favourite, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Die Another Day, Madonna. Oh, yeah. True. No, mine was Shirley Bassey. <laughs> I'm a big oh, Shirley. Obviously, classic. Hashtag Shirley Hive. Um, <laughs> and what's the Scissor Sitch? Um, Scissor is releasing a song called Shirt, which she teased at the end of the Good Days video. So that's how long this has been teased for. She was meant to drop it three Fridays ago, but freaked out about a tiny um, detail in the video and pulled it. <laughs> then it accidentally got released on Spotify last Friday. And got taken down, but this Friday it's a go. Great. She thought, let's wait until Rihanna, one of my greatest contemporaries, decides to drop new music <laughs> so that I can green light this song and go for it. <laughs> on the same day that she's releasing a song for the soundtrack that Scissor found success on with the last Black Panther soundtrack. Insane information. From a marketing perspective, it's a no, but I'm happy to have <laughs> new music from her nonetheless. Well, it's almost like how we've known for a, a couple of months now that Carly Rae Jepsen and Taylor Swift would be releasing on the same day. And we knew yeah. that Taylor might sort of um, dwarf Carly slightly. I don't think we realised just how <laughs> juggernautly. Not on this podcast. <laughs> Not on this podcast. I don't think we realised quite how much of a juggernaut Taylor was going to be. I mean, we knew Taylor's a juggernaut, but I think there was so much noise around with the Taylor's versions that we didn't think this was going to yeah. maybe be quite as something as it is, you know, going for, you know, all-time sales records. Um, but we are going to focus our attention now on Carly Rae Jepsen's brand new album, The Loneliest Time. We've spent a few days with it, dissecting it, deciphering it, listening to every little moment of it. The highs, the lows, the joy, the absolute sadness, the vulnerability. How does it all stack up with five days of listening? We'll let you know. It's in your podcast feed right now. Our take on Carly Rae Jepsen's The Loneliest Time. This is Flop Stars. Flop Stars. 